The Sports Gambling Podcast Network and the Inside Vegas Podcast are brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie.ag is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, Inside Vegas, and the Sports Gambling Podcast. Props, parlays, in-game wagering, MyBookie.ag has it all. And if you sign up using the promo code SGP50, you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus today. Play, win, and get paid at mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag is also now offering their own NFL Super Contest. Each week, you make five picks against the spread and a $100,000 prize minimum guaranteed to first place with no rake. The entry fee, $100. Go to mybookie.ag slash super contest to secure your spot now. And we're also brought to you by Amazon. Log on to sportsgamblingpodcast.com and click the Amazon banner. Bookmark that link and use it every time you shop to score sweet savings and support the podcast. It is fight week in Las Vegas on the Inside Vegas podcast. So where else would we go to talk all things UFC? We're bringing on Kyle Marley. Check him out on Twitter at Big Marley Three. Uh, his work is honestly everywhere. Uh, DFS Army, MMA Oddsbreaker covers, uh, CBS Sportsline, you name it. Uh, and he is out there in this space. So we're going to talk the biggest differences. Uh, he is also a professional DFS player as well as uh, MMA UFC better. So we're going to talk the biggest strategies, the biggest differences when it comes to handicapping for each one of those sports. Um, and we're going to finish up, of course, with a little UFC 239 talk with um, some amazing car, you know, amazing fights top to bottom. We have John Jones in action. Action. We have Amanda Nunes and everything and everything. So we're going to get kind of his take on the event as well as big picture philosophy when it comes to the differences between DFS and as well as UFC sports betting. I hope you guys enjoy us again. Kyle Marley, check him out on Twitter at Big Marley Three. Also does DFS for half the battle made by Best Fight Picks. Dan and those guys do an amazing job as always. Joining me on the Inside Vegas podcast, a guy that frankly I don't even know how you keep it all straight, my man. With everything that you have going on when it comes to DFS, when it comes to handicapping. UFC, you are featured just about in every prominent media outlet and some of the most incredible write-ups and breakdowns. You've been on such an amazing run. I mean, when you look down at this 84, 52 in the last 13 months, um, an, an incredible run, man. And, and so I thought there's really nobody, with the UFC's kind of biggest event of the year to date for sure, nobody better to kind of break down the ins and outs of the differences between the DFS world and the handicapping world because you're one of the only people who really kind of go all in professionally on both and not just pick one genre um, to get that done with. Um, so first and foremost, my man Kyle Marley of the DFS Army MMA Oddsbreaker. His Twitter has absolutely everything li- listed over there at Big Marley Three. I know you still do um, the best five picks uh, with Dan and those guys do an amazing job as well as kind of handling their DFS stuff. Are you excited for these fights, my man? I know we we're just talking off air. You're coming to Vegas. Are you in for this or what? Yeah, I'm excited for the card, um, and mostly because. It's a big enough card where DraftKings has $100,000 to first place, which we really don't see in MMA uh, because it's such a small sport. We're lucky to have 25000 to first. But on this one, we get 100000 so I'm looking forward to chasing it. Um, and we got two of the greatest fighters of all time, so I am looking forward to the fights as well. But, yeah, I'm going out to Vegas this week, so I will be hitting up all the sports books. Um, if you see me, hit me up. Uh, I love talking fights. 
Absolutely, man. So let's start from the beginning with you, as this is kind of the question I always ask anyone that that comes on for one of the first times. Is uh, I'm so interested in, in their, you know people's stories of the come ups and kind of how they got to this point. Now you've had some incredible DraftKings wins. You've had some amazing handicapping wins and, and the services that you do provide as well. With that, what kind of led you to? I guess we'll we'll start from the beginning in terms of just in terms of the UFC side of things and getting into uh, both DFS and handicapping and kind of your, where your passion for the sport comes from. So, yeah, I've always been just a, a fan of fighting in general. Like if there was a fight at my school, I was running to watch. Um, <laughs> and if, like I would always talk to my dad. We'd be watching a basketball game and I'd, I'd be asking him, who do you think would win in a fight between Sean Kemp and Dale Davis? Just stuff like that. I've always been interested in fights, fight movies, all of that. And then um, when I was a lot younger, I mean, 10 plus years ago, I, I was flipping through the channels. Well, my buddy was flipping through the channels and he stopped on some pride fights <clears throat> and we were watching for a few minutes. I'm like, what the hell is this dude? And he was telling me all about it. And I was, I was instantly hooked. Um, so not too long after that, all the ultimate fighter season started and those got me even more hooked. And then uh, maybe UFC, maybe around eighties or so I was watching religiously. Uh, and then that's when I, I started gambling a little bit as well. I've always been gambling basically since I was a kid. Um, but I started with UFC around that time and I just, I had a knack for it really. So, um, it's, it's always been my favorite sport to bet. And recently I've stopped betting everything else because it's been eating into my UFC profit. So, um, I'd rather be greedy, take more money for myself. But yeah, it's been about, uh, three, four years. I've been looking at it as more of a job. And then the last, you know, year or two, I've just kind of been blowing up. People have been hitting me up, uh, more and more offers come my way and it's just been really working out for me. But, uh, I've been on, it all started from Twitter. I, I got on Twitter maybe, I don't know, 10 plus years ago. So I was one of the, the OGs in the Twitter community, I would say. And it all led from that. I just got more and more followers and then more and more people hear about me. You get on a run, you start posting screenshots and people get interested and the whole tout game just kind of fell into my lap. Yeah, man. So funny looking at your, um, your Twitter feed joined October, 2009. I think mine is May, 2009, but then I made it and then forgot it existed for like three or four years or something. So I always, <laughs> I have the same, the same, uh, OG 2009 account that's on there. Um, what are, what are some of the biggest kind of differences that you've, that you notice when it comes to people, um, either just starting out professionally or even more so big picture philo uh, philosophically, the differences between DFS UFC and handicapping UFC, because in, unless you're really deep in to you know one market or the other i think that there's so many differences when it comes to the dfs side versus the handicapping side yeah it is totally different and i would say i've been so i've been gambling you know way longer than i dfs has even been a thing but i was never gambling big money until maybe three years ago i mean even even now i'm not you know the biggest gambler there is i'm not putting out the most money or anything like that I just have a good record and people like to follow my picks. Um, but it's been, you know, two, three years where I've been betting more and more money and DFS is, it kind of got me started because I, I won, I think my first big win was like a thousand dollars off of a $27 entry. So it, the money came a lot quicker for DFS to me and it helped me build the bankroll to where I put that onto the gambling side. And now I do try to, pretty much play both full-time make as much money as i possibly can but they are totally different games 
but I do think anyone that really has a passion for MMA or is good at one or the other could be bo- good at both. You just got to get to learn the game of uh, daily fantasy sports itself and how to build lineups and just the rules of the game. Uh, but yeah, it's real fun because like I said, we have a hundred thousand dollars up top this weekend. You can't, and that's a $23 and nine cent entry. You can't really do that with gambling on MMA. If you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, you know, when we talk about the DFS side of stuff, I, I want you to go a little bit deeper and just for anyone that doesn't know and kind of not, not fully explain the rules and stuff, but it's, I think that people out there kind of have this, uh, thought process that the only thing they need to do is put five winners on there. And if they go, if everyone wins, then no matter what, that they're going to, you know, cash in big and, and take down this GPP, you know, type of situation here. Um, you know, what are some kind of the best tips and tricks that you've learned along the way to kind of help you when it comes to your DFS playing and really trying to take it to that next level when you're talking about kind of the best you know, whether it's a GPP, are you looking for what you project to be low ownership? Are you looking for just finishing upside in the first round, all that type of stuff that goes into it? Yeah. So for me, it's really been risking more money, honestly, like having more shots at that big prize is really the difference in DFS. A lot of people take pride that they are a single entry lineup kind of guy, but, um, there's specific contests for those. And I, I joined those as well, but the way to really build your bank real fast is by hitting these big 15 to $100,000 prizes. And uh, the more lineups you have at that, the better shot you have. So um, I've realized with the skill I have, the more lineups I have, they're, they're still plus EV lineups for the most part. And I have more of a shot at first place than, you know, most people that, that, that you would know, I guess, like I'm going to have 150 mo- uh, lineups this weekend at that hundred K shot. But most people aren't going to have, you know, three or, or more than that, I would say. So just having more lineups in itself gives me an edge in DFS, um, along with my knowledge, but the game itself, what you really want to focus on is finishers and wrestlers, really like Khabib type fighters where they're getting multiple takedowns and they're landing ground and pound, because that's how points add up the fastest. If you can get a first round finish, that's a 90 point bonus. And every takedown you get is five points. So those are really add up points. And when I'm building multiple lineups, like 150, I focus on those fighters heavily and they will be in, you know, 50% or so of my lineup. So I have a lot of shots with the fighters that I'm really keying in on. Is there any major differences when it comes to how you would construct a DFS lineup versus, you know, the philosophy, you know, stuff that you put into making a bet on somebody where it's, you can almost, you know, when I was kind of doing both, it was almost a hedge for me in certain ways. I could, you know, have this ticket that was a big potential payout on this fighter, but I could also build a lineup that really shorted that and, and that were really low owned guys that, you know, maybe had one specific path to victory that was going to be upside and, and be low owned. Do you ever kind of blend the two together or it's just that you're playing so many lineups, it doesn't really matter for you yeah i mean i definitely focus more for DraftKings. i focus more on how many points they can score um so a ceiling on their DraftKings points as opposed to just winning and losing the fight uh because you can get a winner and they go out there and score 50 DraftKings points and that's just as good as losing that's not going to win you any money so you really have to focus on the type of style that fighter brings uh so like let's say um it was holly home as the most expensive fighter this week just her fight style in general where she's you know moving around a lot not going for any takedowns and just not being super active that's not going to score the highest on the card which is what you would need if she was the highest scoring uh 
I mean, if she was the highest salary on the card, but if you're getting somebody like a, a Khabib, who's the highest salary on the card and he gets you 10 takedowns, he's for sure going to end up scoring the highest. And that's what wins the money. So it's more about what that fighter does and can they get a finish? How early can that finish be? Are they going to be going for takedowns? How active are they? Like the game itself is just very complicated, but I do uh, like 20,000 word breakdowns every week where I try to uh, tell you how I'm attacking the card and it's fight by fight breakdowns. I hit on it a little bit with betting. I don't give any bets away on that. It's only $7.99, but it takes a long time to do. So just the effort alone, I think it's worth it. But I I believe I can help you learn the game more and become just a better DFS player yourself with my write-ups. And those are those I put on DFS Army. Um, they're on MMAoddsbreaker.com. If you want to join him, uh, DFS Army, promo code sleeveless will save you 20% every month and you can get my content every single week. Can't echo how good enough that or how good that content is enough, man. And absolutely the the in-depth you know places that you will go for people is is absolutely crazy. When we look at the kind of you know, is when we look at the market of UFC DFS before we shift on over to the, to the handicapping side, is there's really something, you know, this, the one thing that sticks out to me is just how, you know, there's not a lot to choose from, right? That when you have, when you talk about NFL DFS, for example, you get 32 teams, everyone has five receivers, two running backs, quarterbacks. You can really, you know, outside of bye weeks, it's really hard to have the same lineup. When you're talking about, you know, UFC, where there's only what, uh, 11 fights, I believe, now that O'Malley uh, got pulled off that one. So, you know, 22 fighters, there's a lot, you know, I don't say room for error but there's just not as much to choose from do you look at you know kind of ownership percentages or is it just kind of the upside for you in terms of gpp finishes and do you even um kind of mess around with the cash games anymore yeah so i do it all um and yes like you said ownership is a big part because there are so few selections and so many people entering these that you're bound to have the same lineup as a whole bunch of people i mean depending on how chucky your lineup is you could have close to a thousand ties and something that has, you know, close to 20,000 entries. Um, so you do have to think about ownership and, and more importantly, if you're a single entry guy, who's chasing this hundred thousand dollars, you need to be different than the field because if you're just putting in, you know, the best plays on paper, there's a good chance I'm going to have that lineup too. So you're not really getting any edge there. You would want to be different than the field. Like if everything goes wrong for the field, let's say this week, John Jones, let's say he gets head kicked the first second of the fight. He scores zero points. That's going to kill off 60% on the field. And if you're on Tiago Santos as the cheapest fighter on the whole card, he's going to have 101 points with that knockout. You're, you're putting yourself at a really good shot for that 100K because not a lot of people are going to have them. Um, so you're not going to be competing with as many people, but you're also going to have that 60% of people who have John Jones and they'll end up killed off and they have no shot at it. Yeah, for sure, man. Let's shift on over to the handicapping side, um, because you know what I've really noticed when it comes to DFS players who either you know did one before the other or kind of blended. It's always a fascinating conversation, just because the thought process is so different. Um, you know, the argument that um, I believe CJ made up when he was on this show was basically talking about how there. You know, I kind of always likened it. Just coming, I started in the DFS world and and just because it wasn't legal in Nevada, um, didn't know that till I moved here. And it was kind of a wake up call, but I had to kind of shift my focus in my thought process because I was so kind of ingrained in, in NFL DFS um, before I went full time into the betting scene. It's just such a, a different way to think about things and the way that CJ likened it. You know, I talk about GPPs almost, uh, I liken it to kind of a big parlay for a um, sports bet only because you need to be a little bit different. And, and that is what you were talking about. But if, you know, in my 
everything I've seen while I've been doing UFC this long is, is the public wants to do two things. They want to bet every single favorite and they want to bet the underdogs because they want to bet a little to win a lot. Um, does that kind of go into your thought process as well when it comes to kind of the philosophy of it? Or is it just more your film breakdown and kind of how you go about handicapping your fights to, you know, get somebody in on a ticket for you? Yeah, it's just kind of how I compare what I would line a fight to how the book is. Um, but I take it all into account. You know, I, I watch a whole bunch of film. I do. I listen to a whole bunch of podcasts, too, to get other people's opinions. And I'll get a, a couple nuggets here and there that I wouldn't have known by just watching film. Um, so I kind of I, I just put, you know, a full work week into this. And um, basically, I, I judge my line compared to the book line and I, I always prefer underdogs there's a good chance that if i'm picking an underdog outright that i probably have a bet on them and i'm probably selling that bet <laughs> so uh you can find those out with just my DraftKings breakdowns but i do a lot of parlays as well i know a lot of people hate on parlays but uh i think it's different with mma you're not relying on you know 11 people on offense or defense like nfl or you know nine people in mlb you're relying on a one-on-one man-to-man or woman versus woman fight. And if you could put two or three of those you're real confident in, it's a lot easier than hitting on two or three teams of people that you have to rely on having uh, a good day together. So MMA, I think parlays are really my bread and butter. Um, but yeah, those and those and underdogs are what keep me going, I would say, because I don't really like placing, you know, like six minus 600 on John Jones. I wouldn't want to do that because the risk is not worth the reward. But if you want to parlay John Jones with anyone on the card or multiple people, then that makes sense to me because you're getting closer to, uh, you know, that pick them odds that I like to go for. Yeah, man, I have fought this fight with a lot of people. And this is why I've always maintained that the UFC market is one of the most unique markets in the world. Um, number one, it's one on one. And I know you could make that case for tennis, you could break it down to golf matchups, but that's not really I mean, tennis is but um, golf isn't, you know, if they're matched up or whatever, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, directly tied one on one win loss is so unique. And I think that parlays get such a bad rap uh, because of everything you're talking about. And my philosophy on betting UFC has always always been to do one thing and it's eliminate as much variance as possible and make everything as simple as I possibly can. I'm much more into the style side, which lends my, you know, my handicapping more towards the over under round props uh, specifically. Um, but is that something that, you know, I think that it's the most unique market in the world for a lot of reasons, no, but you have to really almost get inside a fighter's head, look at their camps, stalk their social media. And it's a really unique presence that, you know, you don't have to, you can't, don't really don't have that avenue when you're talking about team sports like football, baseball, basketball, whatever the case may be. Exactly. Yeah. And it's such a, a niche sport where if you've been following it as long as I have, you already kind of have an inside edge by knowing more about the sport in general. Um, so if you can, if you can handicap it all, I feel like this sport is perfect for gamblers who, who are really passionate about it. Let's talk about parlays one more time, man, because I think it, it really does bear man mentioning that somebody else out there shares my thoughts on it and doesn't think it's the bookie's best friend. It's the sucker bet. Now, again, I'm not telling you to go sit out, you know, go parlay every single favorite over minus 400 and burn your bankroll doing it that way. But I think there's something to be said for, you know, a two teamer out there that can get you to a minus, you know, upwards of what minus 140 minus 150 value is value is value. But because of the connotation that it has, um, it really is still looked at as such the square play. Yeah, and that's all from the bigger sports, what people have been doing for, you know, 50 years or whatever. Um, MMA in general is so new to the gambling game where, where it, 
it gets a bad rap because of those sports. I'm sure there are a lot of losing players who do parlays, but they're just being reckless in my opinion, um, where every single car, there will be multiple favorites. And a lot of the times with the bigger favorites, I have a few that I, I don't want any interest in because it's a closer fight than the odds indicate, but some, I think they should be, you know, minus 800 when the line's really minus 500 because they're looking at it as, you know, percentages as if it's a big sport where this is just one-on-one. Um, if someone has, you know, a, a haymaker shot, I don't think their odds should be quite as well. I mean, unless that name's like Nganu or something like that. For sure, man. Stylistically, do you kind of find yourself, see to me like uh, what the way that I utilize parlays a lot is with the women's overs when it was on that incredible run and, and that styles, you know, that's not saying there's a big, very big difference between showcase fights and, and you know, these grinding you know, type of pick and point fights that I think go any way. Elias Theodoro, um, you know, go down the line, Wonderboy, Tyrone Woodley. These are some of uh, Frankie Edgar, Sergio Pettis, some of my favorite fighters to bet on because they're, st- they're point fighting specialists, which means that one thing, they want to win a point fight which means it's going to go to the decision. Overs are an incredible way to go when we talk about that, although the market is you know, a little bit short in terms of limits and stuff like that when you can get down in the professional side in Las Vegas. Um, but do you find yourself more you know, looking towards specific type of you know, f- styles from fighters, or is it really just wherever you see the value from a betting perspective? Yeah, really just the value. And I, I'm not the greatest with props, so I stick with you know, straight bets and parlays. Um, win or lose. I don't really do a whole lot inside the distance or over unders. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I always, you know, if it's a 50, 50 fight, in my opinion, uh, I would lean a wrestler over a striker. I mean, so styles definitely play into it, but it's, it's skill versus skill style versus style. And that's kind of how I base everything. Um, but yeah, I, I do stay away from the props because I've seen my numbers are not not as pretty on those. <laughs> I think you're doing just fine. My man, again, 84 and 52 over the last 13 months. So you're doing something right, bro. Thanks, man. Um, before we get you out of here, man, I know you got to run. I want to talk about this UFC card upcoming as a whole. We'll just hit on, you know, anything uh, that really stood out, stands out to you. I know we're doing this super early in the week, um, but, you know, we could just talk about the main card or, or if you have anything specifically. I think that there's certainly a ton to talk about here when we talk about John Jones and, and the, you know, uh, let's call it puncher's chance that Diego Santos inevitably will have and does have. So it's a, you know, greatest of all time conversation. Does he move up to heavyweight, you know, after this fight for the trilogy? Now that Lesnar is gone, this is kind of the only big money fight I would argue the UFC even has left at this point until they possibly get McGregor back or something along those lines. But, um, you know, fascinating storyline in a lot of different ways, mostly even, I, you know, I would say outside the octagon for the Jones and Santos fight. Yeah, I, I agree, actually. I mean, I think it's interesting what he'll do because of the new blood in the light heavyweight division with, you know, Reyes, Walker, um, guys like that. Uh, I, I just think he's just levels above these guys. So, his biggest tests are going to be a heavyweight. So will he go there and take on a Stipe or Nganu who I believe Nganu would have the best chance of beating him because in my opinion, the only way you're beating John Jones at this point is by knocking him out. And not many guys have that. I touch you, you fall power like an Nganu. So he would be the guy I give the best chance to. I mean, Santos, he's got a shot. He's got that shot. He can get a, you know, a head kick or a counter punch that he can knock out Jones with this weekend. But other than that, he's not going to win this fight. John Jones is going to dominate every area of this fight. So yeah, like you said, it's more interesting to see what he's about to do after this fight than this fight alone. Um, Sure. Santos is one of the most scary guys, but I just don't think he has it um, in him to beat John Jones and just the pressure of this fight, this fight week alone, 
I think that's going to get to him a bit, and he might be he might be a little intimidated when he gets in there with John Jones. So I don't see him throwing a whole lot of heat, and I think John Jones, as soon as this fight hits the ground, he takes over. Yeah, I completely agree with you, man. Um, let's go over the women's fight, the weight championship. I think it's an awesome matchup for many different levels. Um, I really do think that Holly Holm has a, a much better chance of winning this fight than the odds would indicate. And um, you know, you said she's the most uh, expensive fighter on DraftKings this week. Oh no, that was just an, an example. example. No, she's uh, like one of the cheapest. But yeah, just like her style, that was my example. Her uh, yeah, fighting yeah, yeah. style in general. Yeah, man. And so when I look at this, I mean, styles make fights. I think that's kind of day one handicapping that you'll hear anybody talk about. When you talk about kind of, you know, the exact opposite of a cyborg who wanted to push forward, Holm is at her, but her best when she's counterpunching. And we've seen this, we've seen her shock the world once with Rousey. I just think that this stylistically could give Noon some fits that not a lot of people uh, see coming because I think the the narrative kind of out there in the market on Holy Holm is so down after, you know, every basically after, you know, the post-Rousey win. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do think she's the better, I mean, the more technical striker, better boxer, kickboxer. But I, I don't know. I kind of like Nunez a good bit here because she's just the more aggressive fighter. And if this fight hits the ground, I think she can finish it there, whether that be ground and pound or, or submission. And she's just, uh, she fights more like a dude, in my opinion. She's just going to yeah, be sure. the more dominant fighter in there. And if she can just stay out of that kickboxing range and not let uh, Holly fight this fight the way she wants to um, and make it, you know, dirty and ugly on the feet. And she's going to definitely have an advantage there as well. So I, I like Nunes to get the job done there as well. And I think she is going to try and get the fight to the mat. So I'll take her by a finish and probably uh submission is what I'll say. I like it, man. All right, last one I want to ask you about, Ben Askren, Jorge Masvidal. We have to talk about this fighter. We'd be remiss. I mean, Askren's so polarizing, man, and my beef with his opening line, you know, in his debut against Lawler wasn't, it was just this hype job. It was just when you have somebody that has such a glaring weakness and uh, he makes Khabib look like Mike Tyson from a striking department, that's how little he has in that game. Uh, yet, he has the most unique uh, funky wrestling you've ever seen in your life, and it works, and I have to give him all the props in the world for coming back through that adversity in winning that fight against Lawler, controversy aside, um, the fact that he was even uh, you know alive uh, post what happened in the opening moments of those fight is, is absolutely crazy here. Although Masvidal, you know, a lot would argue the much better boxer than Lawler, and you know potentially the best boxing in the UFC. You see anything there when it comes to a takedown? You know, striker versus grappler for either uh, DFS or DraftKings. Ooh, yeah, man, this is the most interesting fight on the card, in my opinion. Um... Gambling and, and DraftKings, really, because Askren has the ability to score high with his takedowns alone. He could rack up 10-plus takedowns here would score very highly. Um, where on the other side, Masvidal, if he wins, it's going to be by a knockout, and that'll score highly as well. Uh, but, yeah, man, there's, I, just, I think he is going to have to get that knockout because there's no way he's going to stuff takedowns long enough to win a decision. Um, he's not going to submit Askren. So... He, I think it's going to come down to getting back up um, and just knocking them out or knocking them out at the start of one of the rounds because every fight does start on the feet. Um, and he has the power to do so, but he's not a known, you know, one knockout type of guy, maybe in his last fight, but that's still fresh in everybody's memory. So I kind of think that's playing into the line a little bit. Askren's not going to want to play around on the feet at all. He's going to go for takedowns and he's going to go for takedowns constantly. We know his game plan and he's going to, and he's going to go out there and try and, perform it to a T. So I think he's just going to be chain wrestling and eventually get these takedowns. He might get tagged up along the way, but I see this fight playing out on the map for most of the time. Ben Askren being on top. 
Um, and I think he's going to get a, a clear unanimous decision here. But uh, I, I won't say I'm, I'm rooting for Askren at all because I'm a big Masvidal fan and I love what he's been doing lately. I like uh, in and out of the cage what he's been doing. Been a fan for a long time. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, man. I want to give you the floor to plug everything you have going on because, frankly, I can't do it all, and I'm sure I'll miss something. I want to get the big <laughs> one out there. Follow him on Twitter at Big Marley Three. Run down everything and where everyone can find your incredible write-ups for both betting and your DFS write-ups, man. Right on, and thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, like you said, follow me on Twitter. I plug everything there. Uh, I sell my bets at MMA Odds Breaker, uh, also at Covers, and then. I post all my DFS content to DFS Army. You could sign up for one price. We do all sports. I lead the MMA program. We do um, coaching in Slack chat. It's a cool room. We got a lot of big names in there. Uh, but yeah, you should try us out. Promo code sleeveless will save you 20% every single month you want to stay with us. And I think you'll be there a while. We put out some good stuff. Uh, yeah, you can find me best fight picks. Uh, I'm on their podcast, half the battle. I also sell my bets there as well. So I'm everywhere. You can, my picks are on CBS sports, um, CBS sports line. Uh, so yeah, you, you can pretty much find me everywhere, but hit me up on Twitter. You can get it all right there. And I, I wish everybody luck this weekend. All right, bro. Enjoy Vegas. Enjoy the fights. We'll try to catch a cocktail or something like that along the way while you're in town, bro. I can't think enough for taking time out of your busy schedule, especially during a fight week like this, man. So good luck this weekend. We'll talk soon. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Again, an absolutely amazing lineup top to bottom of UFC fights, no matter if you're playing DFS, handicapping, or a little bit of both. Go check out Kyle Marley on Twitter at BigMarley3. Everything's kind of in his bio if you want to get his exclusive DraftKings breakdowns, his handicapping. Um, he's been on such an incredible run for really so long. Um, everything over there uh, at DFS Army, MMA Oddsbreaker, covers uh, CBS in sports line, and again, also does the weekly podcast with Best Fight Picks, Dan, and those guys do amazing work. So cannot thank him enough. If you're not excited for the fights after that one, then I don't know what to tell you because it's going to be a great weekend of UFC action. And remember, what you're betting on is more important and just as important as where you're betting it. And that is why mybookie.ag is the place for you. With their new super contest that is coming out this year for football, 100 grand is up for grabs. Every dollar that they receive is going back into the pool. No vig, no rake, no nothing like that. And the entry fee is only $100. Mybookie.ag slash super contest will get you signed up and use the promo code SGP50 you'll get a 50% deposit bonus. And you know you're already shopping at Amazon. Why not shop there and support the podcast? Get yourself a nice Inside Vegas t-shirt. Go to sportsgamingpodcast.com, click the Amazon banner, bookmark that link, use it when you shop, and support the podcast. (laughs) 